Hi, this is Pastor Rob Stone from Duns Creek Baptist Church. We want to thank you so much for listening to our weekly audio sermons podcast. Duns Creek Baptist Church is a community alive by grace and known by love. We long to be a force for good here in Putnam County, Florida. You can learn more about us on the web by visiting dunscreekbaptist.org or visit us any Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. for worship. Now please enjoy the message. But um, we're continuing with our sermon series that we've been on for the last couple weeks. We've got all the kids um, in the service with us. And so in light of that, um, and my kids are in here, and I'm not out there, which means um, I promise to keep it 25 minutes or under because I know that that's all my children are going to be able to handle. Um, So we'll we'll shoot for that today. But um, we're continuing with this series, Greatest Hits, where we're just looking at um, some of the really popular um, stories in the Old Testament, stories that our kids over in Kids Creek have been learning for the past year or so, um, some stories that if you grew up in church at all that you're really familiar with, but then also a little spin on those and how we see Jesus through those and what it really means for us today, um, three, four, 5,000 years after some of these stories happened. And the story we're going to look at today happened about 3,000 years ago. I don't want to spoil it and tell you what it is yet. We'll get there. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about underdogs. So I, I think everybody, especially um, in America or really anywhere worldwide that's um, anyone that's a fan of sports is a fan of the underdog. Like, it's easy to root for the underdog. We all love um, the underdog. When I think about sports that I really like in football, anyone that's playing against the Patriots, I'm going to go for them because they're not the Patriots, right? And I'm going to go, I'm going to root for the underdog in basketball. Anyone that's not the Warriors, I'm all about it because I'm all about the underdog. Um, and so a couple years ago, one of my favorite underdog stories in sports happened Um, The Philadelphia Eagles, who at the time had never won a Super Bowl, um, had a rookie quarterback who was playing just lights out. Um, One of the best quarterbacks in the league in his rookie season, which doesn't happen a lot in the NFL anymore. The game has just changed. So rookies need a little bit more time. But he came out his rookie season. He was playing great. And then he got hurt about halfway through the season. Backup quarterback comes in. Um, They still managed to make the playoffs. In the playoffs, they start playing really well, and the Eagles very quickly became the underdog in the playoffs, and and they even really embraced it. Um, They had these great masks that they would bring out after the games, and all the players would really get into it, because they didn't think they were the underdog. They knew what they were. Um, They knew they were powerful. They knew they had the potential to win, Um, but everyone else thought they were the underdog, and so they embraced it and made made fun games out of it. As you can see here, um, this was after they won the conference championship, so right before the Super Bowl, they're really embracing the underdog, but even though they were the underdog, they're about to play in the Super Bowl. Um, And then one of my favorite storylines from this season um, was that backup quarterback that I referenced earlier, who became the MVP of the Super Bowl, a guy who made a career in the NFL for about six years, I think, as a backup quarterback, just playing when the guy ahead of him got hurt, became the MVP, and the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. And my favorite part of this story my favorite underdog team to root for, the Jacksonville Jaguars. That same guy, Nick Foles, he's in Duval now. So Jaguars, the underdogs, we're going all the way. So um, we're going to do a quick Duval chant before we get going. So I'll count to three. And if you do this with me and you know what I'm about to do, you just became my best friend. So ready? One, two, three. Duval! All right. Go Jags. Go Jags. Um, So when we think... When we think about um, the Bible and we think about the Old Testament and really popular stories, kids, I'm going to give you a chance to participate here. I want you to think about this. 
What's an underdog story that we're all really familiar with in the Bible? Where we maybe have a smaller guy and a bigger guy in battle. We think that one guy's gonna win, but that's not how it happens. Go ahead, guys, everybody. Goliath, Goliath was the little guy, right? Ah, I just tricked my own son, I'm a terrible person. Yes, so David and Goliath. So we're gonna talk about David and Goliath this morning as we continue um, talking in this series, um, Greatest Hits, and we're gonna take a deeper dive into David and Goliath um, and hopefully also talk about how we can see Jesus in this and what this means for us today um, in our lives. So first, we're just gonna do a quick recap of the story of David and Goliath. We called it Greatest Hits because we think most people are familiar with it, but just a quick recap. Um, so let's look at the characters. First, we've got Goliath. So Goliath is a Philistine. He's the bad guy. If it were today, he'd play for the Patriots. He's a giant. Now, I didn't put his height because depending on what scholar you talk to or what translation you look at, um, there's a little difference in height. Some, some scholars believe he was about 6'9". Um, some believe he was as tall as 9'9". So he was a big guy. He was much bigger than me. Um, and he was an infantry soldier. And at this time, there were different types of soldiers. Um, Goliath was an infantry soldier, which meant that he was decked out in armor and he was trained in hand-to-hand -hand combat. And he had a shield and a sword. And did I mention that he was a giant? He's a really big guy. So one-on-one, -on -one, I don't, I don't want to fight this guy. I need to be much further away. So he's a big guy. And then we have David. He's an Israelite. Good guys. Plays for the Jaguars. He's a young boy. He's about 15 years old. And he's a shepherd. He's not even any type of soldier. He's not an infantry soldier. He's not an archer. Um, he's just a normal little boy who looks after his flock. And um, Israelite, uh, Israel and, and, and the Philistines, they were in battle at kind of this weird place surrounding the valley of, of Ella. And this is a big valley, and on each side it gets really high on both sides, and the Israelites are on one side and the Philistines are on, Philistines are on another side, and they were stuck there. Because in order to continue, they would have to come down into the valley, which would make them vulnerable to the other army that was still set up and ready to go. And so they were just stuck there for a long time. And nobody, nobody wanted to move. And so finally, a couple guys, a couple Philistines come down, one of them being Goliath, big guy. And he says, hey, Israel, send your guy. We'll make this easy. We don't have to all come down here and all get bloody and die Here's our best guy. Send your best guy. Winner takes all. We can all go home. So Goliath is waiting down there. Nobody wants to come. Nobody wants to fight him. He's a big guy. He's a giant. He's an infantry soldier. Nobody wants to fight him hand-to-hand -hand combat. Israel doesn't have a giant hiding somewhere that they can just deploy at a moment's notice. So people ask. People say no. Finally, David. I think this is where we all know the story. David, little shepherd boy. He says, hey, I can do this. Saul, the king, says, no, oh, there's no way. You're only 15. You can't, you can't do this fight. He's huge. Look at you. You're little. You can't even wear the armor. You're too small to wear the armor. He's like, no, I'm good. I got a slingshot. So he takes a slingshot. He goes down into the valley, hits Goliath right between the eyes. Goliath falls. David grabs Goliath's sword. Sorry, kids. Cuts off his head. That's what happens. And Israel wins. So underdog story, right? 
We don't expect David, this little 15-year-old boy, to be able to defeat Goliath, this huge giant. But what I want to look at today, um, and, and I'm stealing a little bit, so I'll give credit where credit is due. Malcolm Gladwell wrote a fantastic book on David and Goliath, um, and he calls um, his, his kind of take on this is, and I'm stealing the title, so that's why I'm referencing it now, um, is the unheard story of David and Goliath. So we're going to take, take a little deeper look into this unheard story of David and Goliath, a little deeper look at the characters, a little deeper look at the setting, and then through that, Jesus is going to be revealed, and what that means for us today, and we're going to see, and we're going to try to try to do something with that. So um, like I said, the first thing we're going to do is take a deeper look at the characters. So on the surface, David's just a 15-year-old shepherd boy. When we look a little deeper, I really like in, in 1 Samuel, so that's where we find the story, we get a little deeper look into who David really is. So he says, um, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. David's talking about himself. And when there came a lion or a bear and it took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. See, what we see here is David kind of giving a little bit of background. He's, he's, he's saying, look, I, I'm not just wanting to go do this for, for no reason at all. I've actually got a little bit of experience fighting. See, when, when I'm watching my sheep, sometimes lions and bears, they're hungry. They like to eat. They like to eat sheep, and so I have to protect them against that. And this isn't some kind of metaphorical language. We're talking about real lions here, 400-pound creatures that can run up to 50 miles an hour. And David, this 15-year-old shepherd, has fought them off. So what I want you to see, and this is, I think, something that, um, why we call it the unheard story, because this is something that we read past a lot, is David is experienced. David has some experience fighting. He might not be a soldier, but he does have some experience fighting. Maybe not a giant, but I don't feel like going one-on-one -on -one with a 400-pound lion. Anybody, any volunteers? Lion comes walking in right now. Who's, who's gonna protect us? It's not me. I'm not, I'm not fighting the lion. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that one of our guys on our awesome security team takes that lion down so that I don't have to take care of that lion because lions are big. I mean, giants are big, but lions are big. So David has some experience. And that's the first thing that I want you to, to get here as we kind of re-unpack this story of David and Goliath this morning is that David is experienced. Second thing I want us to see as we continue reading in 1 Samuel, and David strapped his sword over his armor and he tried in vain to go for he had not tested them. Basically, he'd, he'd never worn them before. He'd never tried to do anything with this armor. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. So what we see here is David's trying something that Saul wants him to do, and it doesn't work, and he takes it off. He very confidently does this, and if I put myself in the mind of, of David about to go face this giant, if I'm not going to take any kind of extra protection or armor, I better have a plan. There better be something I'm thinking, because if I'm just going down vulnerable to fight them one-on-one, I'm, I'm going to want a little bit of protection, maybe make me last a little bit longer, but David doesn't want that, because what I want you to see here is that David has a plan. 
David's not just going, oh, hey, pick me. I want to go, you know, die for my country, and I'll, you know, I'll try real hard, but it may not work. David has a plan, and we can see his plan unfold as we keep reading in verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistines. So it may not seem like it at first, David is equipped. So I want to talk a little bit about these stones and this sling. So um, a couple months ago, my father-in-law went on vacation and brought back some, some souvenirs for my kids. And one of the things that he brought back was a little slingshot. And so Jason and I will go out in the yard and we'll play with this little slingshot. You know, you could kind of imagine a little Y shape with an elastic band and you pull it back. That's, that's not what David had. When we, when we talk about a sling in this time and what David would have used to protect his flock um, is actually something that does show up in battle across history. Um, we can look at other uh, historical texts. We can look at medieval tapestries. And what we see is this sling that David had was a little leather pouch with a long, with two long cords on it. And so you'd put the stones in the pouch and you'd hold the long cords and you'd spin it around fast as you could, probably five or six times a second. And then you let go of one of the cords and that stone takes off at over 100 miles per hour. Over 100 miles per hour, that stone's going. And here's something really interesting, and, and I love that in this verse, it's very clear that he didn't bring the stones with him. He picked up the stones there. And why that's so important is in the Valley of, of Ella, we can go there and we can look today, and you can see what kinds of stones are there, and they're barium sulfate. Barium sulfate's not a regular rock. It's not a regular stone. It's extremely, extremely dense, much denser than any stone that you could go out right now and find. And so why I bring all that up is if you do the ballistics and, and people have retested this with barium sulfate stones and experienced slingers, the stopping power of that stone was equivalent to a 44 Magnum today. So David didn't just have a slingshot with a pebble. David was a sniper. Okay, and and we, can, we can look at medieval tapestries, like I said, and we can look at other historical texts. And something that we know to be true is that slingers in this time, they didn't just throw it hard. They were extremely accurate. They could hit birds out of the air. They could hit targets over 200 yards away. And if you know the story, David, David wasn't 200 yards away. It was, it was a one-on-one -on -one battle. Goliath was expecting an infantry battle, hand-to-hand, sword-to-sword, man-to-man. So David's close, and he's got this sling capable of hitting something with the stopping power of a 44 Magnum. So David is well-equipped, well-equipped. And, and David, David was excited to do all of this, knowing this. And so the last thing that I really want you to get about David that I think um, that sometimes we misunderstand is David is fully expecting to be victorious. David has no doubt. David knows what he's capable of. He's taken that sling, that, you know, for him, modern times sniper rifle that he's got handy and can carry with him at any time. He's killed lions and he's killed bears with that thing and he is fully expecting to kill Goliath with this sling. Now, let's take a deeper look at Goliath. So to look at Goliath, I want to show you some giants that you're probably familiar with. 
um, that have been alive in our lifetime. So anybody know this guy? Anybody know this guy, Andre the Giant? Um, here's one, this, is, this one's a little older. Maybe you know him if you're, if you're a nerd like me, you probably know him because you know random stuff for no reason. Um, anybody know who this guy is? Name? So this is uh, Robert Waldo. He was the, the tallest man ever in, in, recorded, like in recorded documents that we have. Um, he was still growing when he died um, at the height of like eight foot nine, I think. Real, real big guy. And I think he was in his 20s when he passed away. Um, and he was still growing at that time. And then how about this guy? Any Bond fans? James Bond fans? I forget his real name, but this is the actor that played Jaws in James Bond. Um, so other than being giants, other than being really, really, really big guys, um, something that these three gentlemen have in common was a disease called acromegaly. And acromegaly is a disease, um, the most obvious side effect of this disease is giantism. It makes th those who have acromegaly very, very, very tall. Um, and they really never, like I said, Robert Waldo was still growing um, at the time that he died. And what acromegaly is, is it is a tumor um, on the pituitary gland. It's a benign tumor on the pituitary gland. And other than giantism, another very common side effect of acromegaly is it causes um, slight blindness that gets, that gets worse over time. And so with that in mind, let's take a deeper look at what we see in scripture. It's some interesting things um, for Goliath. So, and the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. Now remember how big Goliath is, he's a big guy. Why does he have someone escorting him down into the valley? And not just that, not just escorting him down, but scripture is clear that the shield bearer is in front of him, as if the shield bearer is guiding him down. Look at verse 43. And the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Now there's really only one letter in this verse that makes it interesting. And that letter, see if I can hit it with the highlighter or with the laser. That letter is this letter right here. Sticks is plural. We know from earlier in the scripture, David only had one stick. But Goliath says, you come to me with sticks. I think what we're seeing here is an issue in Goliath's vision. Um, now, I'm not saying this for sure, um, but there's a lot of theologians that have done a lot of research and Goliath's relatives are also mentioned in other places in scripture. Um, and a lot of theologians are pretty sure that Goliath probably suffered from acromegaly, which was why he was so tall, why he was so big. And also one of the reasons there's some peculiar things that happen um, in this passage in David and Goliath here that don't quite make sense. And so, got David, well-equipped sniper of his time. We've got Goliath, who potentially could have very bad vision, potentially going blind. And so what I want you to see here is that giants aren't always as big as they seem. About a thousand years after this happened, a guy named Jesus was crucified, was killed. And in the greatest miracle of all time, an underdog story, if you will, um, came back to life. 
And, and here's, here's what me looking at that story 2,000 years later, what sometimes I, I kind of get a little confused about is the disciples were shocked by that. And, and I guess kind of rightfully so, like he died and he came back to life. That doesn't happen every day. But why that surprises me a little is, number one, he said he was going to do it. He said he was going to do it. And for thousands of years, the prophets said that he was going to do it. And then Jesus came and Jesus said, yeah, they were right. I'm going to do this thing. And then on top of that, he's the son of God. Jesus isn't just a normal guy. And what we know is, is Jesus is going to win every single time. Jesus is never the underdog. Jesus is never, never going to be the underdog. In a battle of Jesus versus death, Jesus versus anything, Jesus is going to win. Jesus is not the underdog. And David, David knew that too. David knew that his God was never going to be the underdog. I love, I love uh, this scripture here. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. So you've got all this size, weaponry, but I'm fighting for the God of Israel. I'm fighting for God and God is never the underdog. And since God is never the underdog, why, why I think we kind of misread this is, is I, don't, I don't really think David was the underdog that we think he is in this story because he is well-equipped. And not just is he well-equipped, but he is fighting with God on his side. And what, what I want you to take away today is this, this idea. David defeated Goliath. We know that. Jesus defeated death. And you can defeat anything. See, when we have God on our side, when we have Christ in our life and we're following Jesus, there is, there is nothing that can stand in our way because Jesus is never the underdog. And with God, with Christ on our side, we will never be the underdog. There's, there's a, little, a little caveat in that though, and I don't want you to get carried away with this. That's, that's for those that are following Christ, those that are following Jesus. And, and that's not a difficult thing to do. I mean, it's as, it's as easy as just understanding who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, who you are, what you were guilty of, and, and that Jesus is victorious anyway. And that Jesus died and rose again and paid that sacrifice for us anyways. And when we get there, when we make that decision, we can't be beaten. We can't be stopped. Now, sometimes that means we have to realign our vision of what it is we think we need, what it is we think we want, what battle it is that we think that we're facing. Sometimes we, we lose because we're fighting the wrong battle. We're fighting a battle that, that God doesn't want us to win. And we're winning in a different way that God is trying to reveal to us. But we're just being stubborn. But when we're following Christ and we align ourselves in his will and with his path and we follow after his word and after his call, there is nothing that we can do that anything can stop. Because again, with God on our side, we are never and we will never be the under.